Welcome to another podcast from Access Brokerage Real Estate. This is Jim Parker, Broker, 770-265-7293, serving Metro Atlanta's home buying and home selling needs. Give me a call. What is the residential real estate market looking like in the year 2024? It can anywhere be from a market crash of losing 50% of the values of homes to increased prices going up another 4 to 5%. Based on all the clickbait articles, a lot of people are saying there'll be almost 5 million units sold next year, and in 2025, a little over 5 million units. So people will continue to buy houses. People will continue to sell houses. What is the interest rate going to be? Who the hell knows? We could have a financial collapse and be turned over to central banking digital currency and have all the turmoil that that brings with it. Or we can have the devaluation of the U.S. petrodollar where every country who sells oil takes their market price of the U.S. dollar off and puts on the Chinese yuan or the Russian ruble or some other currency. What happens in that case? What happens if... We have a collapse of an asteroid and sends us all into a fury and markets take a nosedive. It just depends. So what's going to happen in 2024? Who the hell knows? All this talk, all these articles, just clickbait. They're looking at what might happen, but we don't know. Interest rates shot up this year, didn't they? From about the mid threes to mid sixes and sevens, it's back down to anywhere between six and 7% if you want to buy a house. The house prices have nearly doubled in the last three years. So you got a higher priced house with higher interest rates, fewer and fewer people can afford it. So what's going to happen? There's going to be foreclosures, but not a lot, I don't think. Unless there's a catastrophic economic event that creates a lot of people losing their jobs and income and can't afford the housing. So is that going to happen? Could that happen? Sure. Every year, people think there's a catastrophe coming, and there could be, but I don't know, and neither do you, and neither does anybody else. Look at your own situation. Real estate is local. What do you see your market doing next year? What did it do this year? And there's a spike in interest rates because the Federal Reserve prints a lot of money. The federal government has us over, what, $35 trillion in new debt, making the dollar basically worthless, and the petrodollar is still out there, but lots of countries are considering taking themselves off the petrodollar, and that'll crush our economy. Powers that be have tried all kinds of ways to squeeze us. So what's going to happen next year? More squeezing, more trouble, more opportunities. So what's going to happen to residential real estate? Who the hell knows? Well, someone recently asked, what's the responsibility of the real estate agent? Basically, a realtor is responsible to assist you in finding and purchasing a property that meets your needs and preferences. That would include property search and showings, market analysis on the area you want to live in, some details about that area, negotiating with the seller to lower the price based on their market knowledge and sales skills, transaction coordination, moving it from your hands to the lender, to the lender, to the closing attorney, and making sure exchanges are are done in a timely manner, and due diligence like your inspections, your financing contingency, advising you on information you should be providing, or some tips on dealing with the mortgage lender, as well as you know the appraisal contingency, whether or not you need that, and assist you in a closing. 
through all the closing statements. The closing agent or closing attorney should advise you on what the elements of the closing statement are, whether or not that's a legitimate cost or not, if it's too high or not. If there's a question about something that has to happen after closing, they can advise you on that. And so they, you know, kind of carry you all through the process, move the whole process forward by making sure everything's happening in a timely manner and also advising you all the way of what steps to take to prevent any kind of surprises or extra costs or things you just didn't see because you haven't been in the industry as often as frequent. Another short-sighted proposal comes out of Chicago. There's a plan to increase real estate transfer taxes to fund homeless prevention. The city of Chicago mayor, Brandon Johnson, is behind a proposal to lower the transfer tax for properties under a million dollars, but raise them 0.75% to 2 or 3% based on the price range of a million or more. So what this is going to do is supposedly going to raise money for homelessness prevention. Where the money goes into the Chicago coffers, into a corrupt organization in Chicago, who knows where the money will ultimately go and how much of it will ultimately go there doing some quick calculations. The article here references 65,000 possible homeless people. Now they're increasing the number drastically from immigrants that are coming in. So it may end up being over a hundred thousand homeless people that have to be housed somewhere. How much money is that going to take? Just looking at a hundred thousand people, housing them for what, let's just say $2,000 a month with rents. That's like almost 25,000 times hundred thousand. Yeah, that's two and a half billion dollars. I don't think you're going to collect two and a half billion dollars to reduce homelessness or prevent it. You know, that's a lot of money that's pulled out of the economy. But if they're landlords, they're going to raise the rent to cover that. So if this passes and, you know, it's kill the rich against the rich, right? So there's, you're saying, you know, a lot of people are rich. They can afford those properties. This is commercial and residential. So you've got a lot of landlords that are going to just raise the rent to cover their costs. They're not going to lose the money. They're going to raise the rents. So the people that are struggling right now are going to be the ones that pay this. All taxes get passed to the lowest person that doesn't have anybody else to pass that cost to. So it's usually the tenants or the end consumer, which is in this case, are a lot of people that are struggling to make ends meet. And you're going to put extra burden on them by passing those transfer taxes to them. And that's stupid. Real estate appraisals, what agents should know. Another housing wire article, what is an appraisal? An appraisal is an assessment of the property's value by a licensed appraiser evaluates and considers the condition, location, and sales of comparable property. Why are appraisals important? Well, it sets the price against what the buyer and seller have agreed to and sees what value would be used to make the 80% or 90% or whatever percentage loan to value on that property. An appraiser also, you know, inspects the property, visits the property and conducts a visual inspection to see what condition it's in and uh, adjusts the value accordingly. If it's in really rough shape, then they'll bring it down in value. Even though it's similar to other properties in the neighborhood, the appraiser analyzes the local market by doing a comparative analysis on other properties like that property and considers whether it has extra space or not. Maybe they built out a garage space for heating and cool space. Maybe they built out a porch or a sunroom on it as opposed to the other one. So they see the differences and see the, what the local market is showing for the value of those differences. 
makes a report and the lender reviews it in case that appraisal does not reflect the value at the contract price, whether it's higher or lower. If it's higher, then usually people are satisfied. But if it's lower, then you can open up negotiations to bring the sales price down, challenge the appraisal. Perhaps they know of other two properties that just sold that the appraiser didn't use that meet or exceed that contract price to get it to the contract price so that the buyer can go ahead with the loan so the buyer doesn't have to bring any more down payment to the closing. Or if it's got a, a contingency and doesn't appraise contract, if there's such a contingency, or stay in it, or you can get a second appraisal. If all else fails and you still want the property, you can in. Okay, a recent Real Deal article states that the U.S. housing market has an estimated 5.5 million vacant housing units in the 50 largest metro areas. This amounts to 8% housing vacancy rate. The reasons behind the vacancies are about 27% of these homes are empty because they're available for rent. 17% are vacant when they're used only part-time like vacation or second homes. Vacant homes, quote-unquote, suggest that it could be filled through sales, but they're not used as a property sale. They're used as rental properties. So there's a shortage, even though there's five and a half million quote-unquote vacant homes. The senior economist at LendingTree suggests that increasing housing supply should alleviate home prices, and these homes could be released onto the market if they're right sales prices. If you're going to be releasing a lot of homes and increasing the inventory for sale on the market, that would bring down prices with an oversupply, and therefore these would not be put on the market. So there may be an equilibrium there that the prices are high enough It's an incentive for the owners of these properties to sell them and get out of the rental market. But until then, we're just relying on the increased housing supply of resales. Three, two, one. A real estate news article states that the judge... Okay, let's start over. Three, two, one. A real estate news article states a judge reaffirms the agent's right to create listing floor plans. They're based on two cases, uh, two separate cases, nearly identical. Design work homes, a custom home designer sued two Missouri real estate firms for copyright infringement back in 2018. They claimed that the listings for resale violated his copyright by posting design floor pl- his uh, floor plans for that property, um, for the resale property. Okay, so what happened is uh, when the owners of Design Works put them, okay, let me back up. Um, let's start over. Um, are two separate and identical cases, Design Work Homes, um, custom home design firm, in sued two Missouri real estate firms for copyright infringement in 2018, claiming that the uh, listings for the resale of two homes uh, violated uh, his copyright. Uh, when the owners of the two Design Work Homes put them on the market, their respective real estate agents took interior measurements and used them to create a floor plan with a listing to show people what the floor plans were and the dimensions so they can help 
kind of visualize if their furniture, what kind of furniture would fit and how they would use those rooms, right? So why does it matter? Um, they wanted to protect, the design firm wanted to protect their measurements and resell those plans to future builders. And the agents violated, supposedly violated that by taking measurements and, and drawing up floor plans to show on the listing. So it brings up a question of whether or not you can provide floor plans in listings. Uh, but the judge said that, hey, the agents could do that and they're not violating any copyright rights and they're not violating any copyright rights. Let's see. Mm. So basically the National Association of Realtors got involved and filed a brief with the Supreme Court saying that if floor, plan, if floor plans infringe on copyright, it puts countless consumers at risk of costly, burdensome litigation for making a floor plan of their own house and threatens a critical tool of transparency for potential home buyers. And of course the Supreme Court declined to address the topic so it just fell into the judge's hands and he decided, a uh, uh, lower court judge decided. So they decided, the judge decided standard components of a home, kitchen, living room, windows, doors, etc., are not protected by copyright in any case. And the judge noted in his ruling, uh, Let's just end it there. Three, two, one. Okay. According to a recent article, the housing affordability conditions are pretty, according to a national association of realtors study about the home affordability index is at a low point. It was very low late last year. The median family income that could qualify for typical mortgage rate rose from about a hundred thousand to hundred eight thousand. So it's taking what eight percent more uh, to qualify for a loan than it did last year. Um, da, 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 da. Since the national index is currently below a hundred, it means the typical family cannot afford to buy based on the median priced home. And the index below. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, compared to a year ago, the monthly mortgage payment rose to almost twenty two. Hundred and sixty dollars from two thousand forty-three, so that's almost a two hundred twenty dollar rise in payment per month 
It's about twenty five hundred a year. Um, so based, you know, based on. Okay, let's just say that the affordability will improve if prices come down or the mortgage rates come down. But until that happens, uh, the affordability index will remain low and fewer people can purchase homes. And now that if the supply of homes increases drastically to bring that price down, then more can afford it. But it's going to take some time and a mixture of factors to improve the affordability, improve the ability for people to afford to buy a house. As always, I post links to articles that I refer to within this podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Parker, broker with Access Brokerage Real Estate, serving Metro Atlanta's home buying and home selling needs. 770-265-7293. Have a great week. God bless.